family, community, passion. You are listening to The Brave Files, real stories from people living courageously. You can listen to the show anywhere you enjoy podcasts, and we'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and give a review on Apple Podcasts. It really does make a difference, and we appreciate it. Now here's your host, Heather Vickery. Hey, everybody. It's Heather Vickery. Happy Thursday, and welcome to this episode of The Brave Files. You guys, I'm excited about today's guest. Amanda U. Dietrich is a small business owner, a local school council representative, a volunteer, a mom, an advocate, a wife. She's a friend of mine, which is also very cool. She's also an immigrant, and she's running for the 35th Ward Alderman position in Chicago. Amanda believes that when we meet our neighbors and share our stories, we begin to find identities that connect us. That connection is the basis for building an inclusive and equitable community with a place for all, regardless of the individual groups in which they belong. And it just so happens... I believe that also. In fact, that's why I started this podcast. Those motivations are very similar. I'm delighted to welcome you to the show, Amanda. Thank you so much for having me, Heather. (laughs) It's fun. (laughs) I've been looking forward to this. I've been trying to get you on for a while. So I was, I was excited when you said yes. I have such a deep admiration for community members that see a gap and step up to fill that need. I would love for you to share with us sort of what your journey has been like deciding to run for this position. I came to the States from Taiwan when I was nine, and I grew up in the suburbs in Niles with my mom and brothers, and then went to state school, went to graduate school um, in Michigan. And when I met my husband, Ben, um, in graduate school, we decided that we were going to get married and we were going to settle down in Chicago. We searched for a place for a while, and we found Logan Square. I love Logan Square. I love Logan Square. Yeah. Yeah. And the reason why we chose Logan Square was because it was important to us that our children grew up, grow up in like a culturally rich community. A diverse community. Yeah. We wanted them to grow up understanding that it's okay to be bilingual and bicultural. And I wanted them to know other families who are immigrants like me. Yeah, absolutely. And from there, I just this past year, I decided I wanted to run for alderman here in the community that we put our roots down. So talk to me about that. I felt like, and obviously I couldn't have been out of left field. Nobody just wakes up and says, I'm going to do this today. I know you've been very politically active and um, we share a lot of the same (laughs) concerns and interests and all of that fun stuff. But I was like, what? She's doing what? She's running for alderman. So like, how did you get to that idea? What made you say, yep, this is what I really have to do? Um, So I was already involved in the community with our schools and with organizing. Whenever we have issues arise in our community, I would organize our neighbors, our community, and bring our voice to our local government and also help other, a broader community to do that helping my neighbors to learn how to organize themselves. And I decided to run because one of the things from doing all of this is that I feel like from hearing from everyone that our, that our community isn't getting the services we deserve and our local Mm -hmm. government is not responsive 
to the concerns of the constituents. And when people aren't heard, I feel like they are being left behind. And that is not good. No, it is not good. And that's actually interesting that you say that. So I'd love for you to explain to everyone who doesn't already know, and I'll admit I may not be as clear on this as I should be, what an alderman actually does. So there are two major parts to what an alderman's job is. One is constituent service, which means you go to the alderman's office for, little, you know, maybe little things like your trash is not picked up or mm. bigger things like our road hasn't been paved for 20 years. What can we do? Or, or small businesses okay. who want to open up in our community, in our ward, also need to go to the um, alderman's office and help with getting permits or maybe the the space needed to be rezoned. So all of that goes through the alderman's office. One of the things when I tell people I'm running for alderman, they often tell me like, so you, you're going to be the janitor of the community. And that is pretty much like the best description, I think, in terms of constituent <laughs> service. Like we're there to help you and any way we can clean up your life, your clean up your clean up the community, be the person between the constituents and advocating, you know, with other city departments. Legislatively, aldermen go to city council meetings, they pass legislations for something like education funding or Mm. living wage legislation that were that, you know, is currently passed and we're raising our minimum wage up and figuring out affordable housing ordinances. So we would be passing legislations, not just for our ward, but for the whole city. And if you look into bigger issues, the the cities that's affecting our community in my ward is affecting many other communities in other wards. And it is really important to be able to work with other aldermen in making sure that we're creating a safety net for everyone. Here. It sounds like a full-time job. Yes, it should be a full-time job. And um, <laughs> I think it is important to do that as a full-time job. So are you, will you be stepping away from your business if you get Yes, I have um, already uh, suspended my business. Um, okay. And I have, uh, for my existing clients, I have someone who is helping out and will take over if I win. Okay. Wow. I don't know why I didn't realize that. (laughs) That's it. We have, I live just out of Chicago, for those who don't know, in Forest Park. And we have a a mayor who, he's not my favorite. We've been been trying to get him out, but he owns a business. He works two full-time jobs. And clearly, I really admire that that should be your full-time job if you're committed to that. It's a lot of work. How did your family react to this news? Um, They are, well, you know, I have three kids. They're five, seven, and (laughs) a 15-month-old. So my 15-month-old seemed to be supportive by not crying so much when (laughs) I uh, gave her the news. Um, And my five and seven were very excited because we have been teaching them what activism means and what we are as members of society, what we can do when we see things that is not working. We take action. So they are very supportive. Uh, My husband, of course, is very supportive. He also grew up in a family that 
is involved in the community and he has learned nice. at a young age that we need to we need to be actively involved to make not only our lives better but for everyone around us their lives better as well what did your parents say because there's been a lot of conversation around what it's like to be an immigrant in the United States right now and sort of keeping your head down and laying low and not causing trouble and what do they think? Well, I think they are overall supportive. Uh, they are excited that I'm doing this because of the country we came from in Taiwan. It, it is democratic right now, but we went through periods where it's a lot less. So for them to see their daughter here in the States to be doing this, I feel, I think they're quite excited, especially the fact that they feel like coming here and raising me here is a way for women to have a voice, a louder voice, I guess. I love that. And I think that's absolutely beautiful. It definitely feels brave to me. Does it feel brave to you? I don't really feel brave, but I guess it is brave in putting myself out there in public, as you know from just being friends, that I'm an introvert. So making putting myself out there in public and making myself a target for criticism, I guess in some people's eyes, may be considered brave. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting to me. I think bravery comes in a lot of different forms. And yes, I definitely think it's brave to get up and speak to strangers and on the public forum. Um, that stuff I feel like we can all be taught. But what I really think is brave is is putting yourself in a position to do this work that could so impact your community. To me, the brave is in making the change. Yeah, I guess when I put my mind into it, I didn't really consider any other options. I'm very passionate once I yeah. decide I wanted to do something. And I love my community with every fiber of my being. And I and putting my heart forward for it. That's so great. So I know that you canvas um, all the time, for sure, every weekend, yeah. and that you weekly share stories about what happens when you're out canvassing and when you're talking to people and things that really touched you. Do you have a couple of those that maybe really stand out that you can share with us? Yeah. So one of my favorites is when I was talking, it, it just actually happened last weekend. I was talking to these two ladies who was just having a yard sale outside and one of my volunteers went over and asked for their signature and then they said they didn't speak English. So I went over and explained to them in my very poorly conjugated forms of verbs Spanish <laughs> that um, I am running for office and I am I believe in this community and I would love if they could sign my petition to get my name on the ballot. And the ladies told me that they feel that their voice isn't represented and in the community and mm -hmm. they feel disheartened about elections in general. And I explained to them that I understand sometimes it can be frustrating when you feel like your voice is not heard but I believe that when we can come together and not give up, 
and hold our elected officials responsible for what we elected them to be, we are all better off, not just them, but everybody. I wasn't really sure if I was getting my point across, but they seemed very excited. Uh, (laughs) So one lady said, okay, I will sign your petition and please come back after you're voted in or something. And then and then That's the awesome. other lady who is the neighbor also said, yes, give me your petition form. I will sign it. I felt very humbled by their trust in what I'm yeah. saying. And also I'm really glad they understood me. <laughs> yeah, in your broken Spanish. Yeah. I love it. So how many signatures do you need to get on the ballot and when do those have to be turned in? So we need close to 500 signatures to get on the ballot and it needs to be turned in mid-November, but to not be challenged, we need close to 2,000. Um, The way the signatures- And they have to all be in your area from Logan Square? uh, They all need to be in the ward, 35th ward. ward. Uh, So it goes actually all the way up to Albany Park. Okay. Um, Yeah. And it, it, it- the signatures, the reason why they may uh, get challenged or um, bounced off is that you can, in Chicago, you can only sign for one candidate. So oh, it's, wow. it's not that you... And people don't realize what they're doing when no. they sign stuff. Yeah. yeah. And it's a way for incumbents to stay in, stay in um, office. Uh, oh, that's it, so shifty. Yeah. So how many do you have? Um, I have close to 500, actually, uh, a little, maybe a little over 500. Um, and I am um, well on my way to getting 2000. Yeah. So in the next, what, six weeks? Yep. Seven weeks? Mm-hmm. You got a big job ahead of you. So of course, by the time this airs in January, you're going to be on that ballot. I know you are. <laughs> so those of you listening, she will have already done this work, but we're just letting you know what the process was like. Um what happens then? And do you know who's running against you? Uh, currently, it's uh, the incumbent. Okay. And how long has the incumbent been in office? This is uh, his first term. Ah, all right. That's exciting. There's a lot of buzz around it, right? Do you have a big volunteer crew? Um, 20 to 30 people currently and uh, steadily growing. I think that's a good number. I love that. And so what can people do to help you, especially after beyond, because like I said, when this people listen to this, you will already be on the ballot. What can people do to help you? Um, They can uh, donate to my campaign because campaigns are very expensive to run. um, And especially when you are running grassroots campaign, which means Mm -hmm. you're not um, backed by any big political machines. Um, you know, you count on the donations um, to help you for printing uh, walk cards, printing get out the votes cards, uh, letters, and paying your campaign manager. <laughs> Who is quietly listening behind us, right? Yes, he is. <laughs> so really don't he know. Is, He's quietly listening, like donate, yeah. donate. <laughs> he is amazing. And um, I am very fortunate to have found him. What would you say, Amanda, has been the most difficult part of this process so far? Um, I would say what I found um, out 
uh, after learning about, you know, after deciding I wanted to run for campaigns and went to a couple of trainings um, is uh, call time. That is the most difficult part of a campaign. And call time is you call people, you decide how many hours a day you call people to ask for a donation to your campaign. Um, That's uncomfortable for even the best salesperson. Yes. Um, And, you know, you start with your friends and family. um, And oftentimes that for some is uh, most difficult. And then you start calling um, the friends and families, five friends uh, or five acquaintances. Mm -hmm. And then that gets even a little more comfortable because you're calling strangers. Um, Interesting. Yeah. Uh, so that has been, I think, the most difficult part. And do you have to make those calls yourself yes. or do your volunteers make those calls? No, they you have to, to make the calls yourself because people aren't going to donate to your volunteers. They're donating to what okay. you believe. So you have to sure. tell them in person, asking them for their support, like right. in, over the phone. People don't buy what you do. They buy why you do it. Yeah. Yeah, I got you. How are you maintaining self-care and family care and some sort of balance throughout this process? I shut down my phone at 10 o'clock at night. Just That seems late to me. <laughs> I mute everything. Ooh, okay. I do a lot of just unwinding just uh, by, you know, talk, catching up with my husband after the kids go to bed or by folding clothes because <laughs> laundry is not going to do itself. That's amazing. You know, I just like folding laundry, unwind and have a show, like put a show in the background uh, that I don't have to pay attention to. Right. So excellent. Are you, are you a British baking champion fan? You know, I watch a few episodes of that. I <laughs> That's to, what I watch when I don't want to pay attention. Uh, <laughs> it in the background. I tend to watch shows that I've already seen. So I really don't have to pay attention. Um, so there there's like go. a lot of old movies or um, things like that. That's super fun. So I always talk about celebration in the show. I think that stopping to honor and celebrate our wins and our successes those things are important. Um, I'd love to know from you two things. One is as you're out every day, knocking on doors, making phone calls, connecting with people, when something feels good and feels like a win, how do you celebrate it? And then also, once you get your name officially on that ballot, how will you celebrate it? Little wins I celebrate with um, journaling. So I write. Yeah, love that. So I would write in uh, just like, note uh, a little notebook about my experiences with someone or things like stories I think stories Mm -hmm. is what connect us yeah so I journal um and then once I get my name on the ballot I will be celebrating with sushi I love that big sushi party for the family that's awesome All right. Well, is there anything else that you want to share with people about what you're doing and why you're doing it and maybe how important it is to get involved in, in your community? Yeah, I think it's important to be involved in your community for many reasons, but mainly is to connect. When you connect with your neighbors, you start to build a feeling of safety and security around you. And I think that is important in making long-term decisions in terms of like 
making sure like you you start watching out for one another yeah. and you start being able to drop your kids off when you need to do something <laughs> with your yeah. neighbors. Um, I mean, I think we've lost a lot of that. I, I can only speak for myself and my community, knowing neighbors. I don't, I wouldn't walk to any of my neighbors and say, can I borrow an egg or can I drop my kids off? Yeah. That seems like such a nice, nice thing to get back to. Yeah. It took us uh, five years to build that where we live to be able to borrow an egg, to uh, be able to drop a, a kids off. And we also, one of the things I think is we need more of in Chicago, and that's part of community building, is block parties. I think every block should mm-hmm. have a block party. Mm-hmm. Our block has three a year. So, and I think- My kids are, would be so jealous. We've never lived on a block that has a block party, ever. Yeah. They've never, they've never been to a block party. Oh, you should come to ours in October. I know. We should. <laughs> will you let us know when it is? Yes, we'll come. yes. I will post it. I'll send you an info. But it's yeah. It's so interesting. And I just am at max capacity, so I can't be the block party planner. But, you know, they <laughs> they do. It's funny. Last winter, my second child got it in her mind. She wanted to make cupcakes uh-huh. specifically to go and knock on neighbor's doors and pass them out. And, and we did. She made them and we had two big cupcake containers and all five of us went, you know, four girls, and we knocked on doors and we're like, we brought you cupcakes. And most people were like, why? Why did you? Why? Yeah. What, is it safe to eat these cupcakes? <laughs> we're like, we just wanted to do something nice. And then people, you know, thought it was sweet and they, they accepted them. But I was really proud of them for wanting to go out. And it was funny. She just wanted to bake really yeah. was the motivation, uh, to be fair. It wasn't like, let's connect with our neighbors. And I said, well, what are we going to do with all those cupcakes? And she said, we should give them away to the neighbors. Like, I love right. that. Yeah, that yeah. is how you build community. And one of the things my husband talked about when he was growing up is they do May Day baskets. And I've never heard of that at all. But he Me said, either. yeah, so on the first day of May, you and your kids make a basket and you drop it off at the neighbor's house in the you ring the doorbell and then you run away so, <laughs> and you leave the basket. And that can be that. scary. Yeah. So we did that last year, but then we ended up texting our neighbors because our kids decided they want to make cookies for all the neighbors on our block. And so they did that and then they rang the doorbell and then they ran away. But then there's a basket of cookies <laughs> sitting out. So we had to text our neighbors saying, Hey, um, this is a May Day basket from our family. Um, You may want to bring it in. It's not, you know, from a stranger. (laughs) That's really funny. Yeah. I love it. I think that's really, really sweet. Yeah. Um, So, I mean, I have to ask you a question that I ask everybody, and it's really my favorite, and it ties in so nicely to what you're doing. But other than your campaign, Uh what would be your favorite charitable organization to support? Right now, we give regularly, monthly, actually, to Moms Demand Action. And we also support the campaigns our neighborhood schools run, the fundraising efforts. Yeah, I think it's very important that we grow our neighborhood schools in a way that they are, you know, anchors in our community. Absolutely. Keeping that money local. We do here in the... Well, I don't want to say the suburbs. I mean, we are, but just technically, but the near West suburbs, we have something called a suburban unity Alliance. And when there is a family in need or something that comes up, they send an alert Mm -hmm. and the community comes together to raise funds and support whatever this family may need or this person may need. So um, I think all of those things are so important, but I love moms against moms demand action. It's a 
amazing organization. So you guys go and check it out. This is something all of you listening, even the ones in other countries, all of you can support. Um, at the very least, go and check out their websites or their Facebook pages and share, 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 share what they're up to with people that you know who care. And hopefully that's everybody you know. Yeah. Amanda, would you share your three words with us one last time? Yes. Family, community, and passion. Those are beautiful words and they beautifully sum up, I think, who you are and what you're doing here and what you're giving to your community. It's such a gift. I will say that I think one of the very few, maybe the only <laughs> positive thing that has come out of the current administration is that it's showing everyday people just like you and me that we all have the power and the ability to step up and make a difference. It's it's likely an unintended side effect, but it's one I'm actually grateful for. I agree. <laughs> Amanda, thank you so much for putting yourself out there, putting your family out there to make a difference in your community. Your community connects to our community and our community connects to every other community. And we need more people like you out in the world. Thank you so much, Heather, for having me. I loved having you on. All right, you guys, this is Heather Vickery. That's all we have for today. I hope that you will join us next Thursday for a brand new episode of The Brave Files. And I am reminding you, as always, to choose bravely. The Brave Files is proudly supported by Audible. If you enjoy listening to podcasts, you're sure to love listening to your favorite books on Audible. Get your free 30-day trial, complete with a credit for a free audiobook download today, simply by visiting audibletrial.com slash thebravefiles. Again, that's visiting audibletrial.com slash thebravefiles. The Brave Files is proudly supported by Lost Format Apparel, a socially conscious clothing company. You already know that homelessness is a huge problem. Over half a million Americans are living without shelter and millions more without consistent access to everyday basics. My friends at Lost Format know that solving homelessness is a much larger problem than any one company or person can solve on their own. It requires teamwork, sacrifice, strength, and building communities through personal and professional relationships. And isn't that exactly what the Brave Files podcast is all about? That's why I'm proud to say that The Brave Files has partnered with Lost Format, and together we're working to change the face of consumerism in addressing homelessness. You can now get one of two fantastic shirts custom designed specifically for The Brave Files. Each order goes towards providing necessities to the homeless. We have one shirt that, of course, says choose bravely, and another that reminds you that brave is always greater than fearless. Head on over to vickeryandco.com slash store to see both beautiful shirts and to check out the entire product line from Lost Format. All of their stuff is super soft and comfortable and has an amazing fit. Use promo code BRAVE to get 10% off of your Brave Files custom t-shirts. And if you have an order over $30, your shipping is free. I choose bravely to take the plunge to help solve homelessness. Are you with me? Thank you for listening to The Brave Files. Be sure to visit thebravefilespodcast.com to access the show notes and discover fantastic bonus content. Music composed and produced by Matt Lewis of Union Music, LLC.
special thanks to our editor and audio mix expert, Andrew Olson. I am eternally grateful for all that he does to make each week sound so fantastic. You can hear more of Andrew's work at findandrewolson.com.